Are you an ambitious, driven entrepreneur starting to feel overwhelmed, maybe a little trapped by your business? Well, I have a solution for you. It is the five-day bottleneck to breakthrough challenge, where in an hour a day, we will give you the roadmap, the blueprint, the treasure map to where you can find yourself with more free time, more freedom of money, and a more valuable business. Hope to see you soon www.bottlenecktobreakthrough.com. Hello and welcome to The Real Bottom Line. I am super excited today. It is a very special edition of The Real Bottom Line today because we are going to talk about financial stress and some key things that you can do to uh, mitigate, slow it down, uh, reduce it in your life. This is The Real Bottom Line where we tell entrepreneurial stories about true grit and perseverance from frontline business owners themselves. Now, let's get started. FP Canada has just completed their sixth um, survey on financial stress index. And so today joining me to talk about this is Tracy Bissett and Asil Albaba. And what I love about these two is that Tracy is a financial literacy champion. Not only does she teach at the college level, but she also has her own podcast called Young Money, which really tries to educate young adults on how to have a healthy and fit relationship with money and be financially fit throughout their lives. Also joining us is Asil, and Asil is a financial therapist. Now, she didn't start there. She started out as a CFP or a certified financial planner, much like myself, but she really saw where there was this gap around how we think about money in our minds and how we deal with it actually affects outcomes. And so I think that this is very important that she's here. So she's the first financial therapist in Toronto, which I think is amazing. And her company is Holistic Optimal Wealth, and she also is a regular feature on the Conscious Economics podcast. Welcome, ladies. Thank you for having us. Great to be here. Before I dig into some of the key numbers we're going to discuss, the obvious answer is financial stress is up. No surprises there. Was there anything about the survey that surprised you? Nothing that uh, surprised me when I saw the results. I've been seeing the results of many different surveys over the last few weeks. Um, mm. said, some led by Interact, some led by BDO, and themes were all on point, very similar. And it lined up with what I've been hearing from Canadians um, of all ages. So I wasn't surprised. Um, I feel sad when I see the numbers and I, mm. I see the stresses that are out there and I see that stress is up um, and I, I feel sad about that. And so hopefully our conversation today is going to help some people get uh, organized, get some focus and be able to take some control of their financial situations. Totally, totally. Well, some of the key numbers that came out that money is the top source of stress for people and it's up from last year by just 2%, but it's 40%. That's a huge number. The other numbers that are up is that 48% of people indicated that they were losing sleep over money. And that's up from 43%. And that's the wrong direction. Mm -hmm. Now, obviously, we've had a, a bit of a tsunami of kind of conflict, uh, conflicting things. So we've had, uh, you know, we had a pandemic, we have inflation, we have rising interest rates. And that obviously has had an impact on the cost of goods and services. 
and it has reflected in the survey by an 8% increase in how people are stressed about that particular thing. And obviously, in elevated interest rates are also contributing to stress, and that's up from 25% to 33%. Asil, are you seeing some of these things in your practice? Like, are people talking about these things more with you now? Uh, when I do my intake, one of the questions I ask is about any uh, of professional diagnosis of any mental health. And the two words I'm hearing very frequently is anxiety and depression. Um, it's almost it's almost every intake uh, I do right now includes these words on some level, either professionally diagnosed or self-diagnosed. Um, but it's certainly something that's in the air and and you know, something we definitely need to talk about. And it just makes professions like ours so much more in demand than needed. Mm. I think you're bang on. And it does, the, the mental health piece of it is like layered in throughout this whole survey. Mm. Uh, and I think that is where we have to really pay attention. You know, example, a growing proportion of Canadians are feeling less hopeful about their financial futures today than they did a year ago. That's up 5% from last year. Like that's a huge jump in one year of hopelessness. Mm -hmm. Tracy, when you hear that, what does that make you think? Or like, what are your, some of your thoughts around that particular statistic? Certainly when we were going through the pandemic, I think everyone thought that was like the worst it was going to be. Mm -hmm. We're isolated at home. There's physical um, health issues. We need to be concerned about our physical safety and well-being. Um, but during that time, there was a lot of strong government supports and monetary supports. Mm -hmm. So I think a lot of people who might have been on the precipice of having financial hardship right before the pandemic started, some did get a lift businesses got a lift. Um, some individuals did get a lift. Um, I know um, I had lots of debates with students who didn't want to go and work because they were going to get their government support anyway. So I think that that kind of moved it along. Now the mm. government supports have stopped. The economy is in a hard place. You've already alluded to the inflation um, driving all the costs, the increases in interest rates. And debt is taking up so much of a bigger proportion of people's budgets. So whether it be um, they, they've got credit card debt, whether they've got lines of credits, where if they're not in a fixed rate option, their payments just keep going up month over month and people keep hoping for it to go down. And so people are cutting back on things that they need. They're, they're going without things that they normally wouldn't. So it's not necessarily just the extra, the bonus things. Like we're just, we're, we're not going to eat out as many times a week. Maybe we're not going to um, spend this much on groceries because we can't and the dollars aren't going quite as far in the grocery store. So I think there is a real sense of that hopelessness. And at the time of recording, we just had an interest rate hike uh, earlier this week. So debt costs are going up even more it's signaling that that's going to continue in Canada for the rest of the year. I don't know how many more points, but um, certainly that's going to weigh on people's minds. And people, I think, are going to be in a place now where they're going to start to take a harder look at, is my situation sustainable? What do I need to do? Mm. This is not going away. I'm going to have to figure something out. You know what, Tracy, you're making me think, um, you, you know, when we look back and we know that the prime rate and the interest rate hikes have happened so much over the last year, year and a bit. So very compressed period of time, a great escalation. And, and you know, I think back to when I first got into the industry, prime was 6%. So, but we've had this great big 
chunk of time where interest rates are were so low, it's almost like we accepted it as the norm and it would never change. Asil, you must see that happening, affecting people from a mental health perspective. For sure. There's actually a mindset uh, piece here called the locus of control, which means um, when you reflect on the events happening in your life, do you feel like you're in charge of the events or do you feel like it's mm. fate and, and things outside your control? And, and people fall on different uh, scale on where they feel um or how much they feel they're in control of their lives. And right now with all these statistics that we're seeing, uh, specifically the one that you're mentioning, it leads me to believe that there's more people feeling that these things are actually outside their control, which is very disempowering. Mm. Uh, it, help, it makes us lose sight of the things that we can, we are actually still in control over. Uh, but just because there's so much happening, we it's like a tornado um, that sweeps us uh, off our feet and, that's the sense of hopelessness when we lose touch even on the things that we can still control. And that's where therapy and coaching practices can be very helpful in connecting uh, people back with the areas they very much can still control. And, and we are more creative and resilient than we can imagine as human beings. And sometimes uh, we just need a reminder to what that can look like when there's so much happening around us. I love that. Could you give some concrete one, two, things that you can control that you know for sure like like what could they be what could people be focusing on right now that they can control so uh from my experience very few people actually as bizarre as that sounds know how much they make and know how much they spend yeah. um like i've asked people about their salaries like it's one thing to not know exactly what's on your credit card statements, but to not know how what, how much your income is, like that's just not acceptable anymore. It's really important to to have a reality check and 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 put the data um, in front of you so you can at least know what where where you're operating from. And there's so much research to support journals from the Financial Therapy Association that that I'm a part of that suggests when people are interacting with real numbers. Even if the situation is worse than they actually thought it was, just because now they know it, they're in a more financial confident place than what, what they originally started from when they were in the dark. So engaging with data helps increase your confidence about how to handle it. I love that. I wonder if that is why uh, people like the statistics also show that if you have a certified financial planner that you're working with, yeah. you are actually in a better stress position, a better financial position than if you're not. Yeah. What, do you think that's why that is? It's a huge part of why that is, because not only are you more aware of the data, but you also have accountability because your financial planner acts as this accountability person mm. um, that also increases your level of commitment and dedication towards some of the goals you've set yourself up for. It's, it's kind of like having a trainer at the gym. I suspect you do more yeah. because someone that's there <laughs> exactly. watching you do the, do the reps. <laughs> um, some of the things I've told people in the past about how they could potentially take control of, um, one of which I said is, you know, is basically start shopping. And when I say start shopping, I mean, look at some of your expenses. Uh, for example, your car insurance or your cable bill or your whatever, and just looking at it and saying, hey, can I get a better deal somewhere else and cut a few dollars out of my spending? Tracy, is that something that you would talk to people about as well or would recommend? 
Absolutely. I mean, the last time my, um, my Rogers bill, which is my my cell phones, my home phone, my cable, my internet, that came up. And that's a pretty big bill every month because uh, up for renewal. And I called and it does take a time commitment because you got to be patient to get through the right numbers, to get to the right people, because they're trying to dissuade you from trying to, to yes. reduce your, your costs. But it's worth the time spent. I was able to reduce my overall bill by about 180 bucks. Um, at that time. And it's because there was a couple things left on some channels mm -hmm. and uh, internet feature I did not use. And I wasn't paying enough attention. So mm -hmm. deal with the obvious first. And then I was able to renegotiate because I was a client for a longer period of time for a lower rate package. So that's a meaningful amount of money. Now you multiply that by 12. So that's considered well, that 180 a month. month. Saved? Yeah. Oh my goodness. Okay. So how many hours did it take you, Tracy? You talked about patience. How long did Probably it take Probably four to five hours because I got hung up on a few times and I had to kind of pretend I was going to leave them and go somewhere else. Did and you cry? Get, did you have to cry? I didn't know. Um, but I, I, it took a little bit of time and then, um, then they, they sent me stuff in writing and I had to review it and make sure, yes, this is all the things that we talked about. And I took notes. So be prepared to take notes while you're on with them hmm. um, because and it can names, get confusing because they're, they're using their acronyms, just like in financial services, we use all kinds of acronyms. They're using their telecom acronyms. So I'm writing down everything um, to make sure, but that made a meaningful impact. Um, and so, so just like Wendy said, shopping around is a great thing for everything. Um, if there's something that maybe you prefer to have it done for you, like um, maybe um, car wash, maybe it's house cleaning. Um, if you're finding your budget super tight, could you go without it for a couple of months? Doesn't mean it's forever. It no, can no, be temporary. No. Um, but I think the biggest thing that people lose sight of is because there's only so far you can reduce your expenses. Yes. There, there is a finite level you can get to unless you're going to physically move to a different place. So you're either going to go lower rent, which I'm not sure how you're going to do that, um, or, or sell your home and maybe go smaller and reduce some of that debt. Um, but increasing income is something that people often lose sight of. And I had a, it's a really inspiring little story from one of my little neighbors. Um, he's uh, nine years old and he decided last week on Friday, he's going to start his lemonade stand down at the park. So I was, I'm all for that. I was a little entrepreneur when I was a kid. So I saw him going with this cooler uh, and dragging it down to the park. So I asked him if that's what he was going to do. So he's charging $1.50 a glass. Uh, on his first day, he was there for a couple hours. Um, after the costs of the lemonade and, and the cups and everything, he made $100. $100 for a couple well, hours for of his time. Yeah. <laughs> then oh. he went back on Saturday. He made another 80 bucks. He went back the other day. He made another 70. So he's up to 250 this week. And that's in one week. That's one industrious little boy. Of course, he probably had higher sales because he's a nine-year-old. But what could we all do if we're, we're looking for a couple hundred extra bucks a month? What skills do we have that we could perhaps monetize? Are there things we have around the house that we don't need anymore that maybe we can sell them? Um, and so be creative because I think on the expense side, yes, we need to do the reductions, um, but we can only go so far. There's a finite amount we can cut unless you're going to make a drastic change in life. But there's probably things that you have within your control that you could monetize to some extent. So I, I encourage people to be creative and think like that. 
Oh my God. Can I add something here? Because I yes, love please. this one so much. I actually call it your resource map. I, I teach clients to really write all their resources down and resources ultimately help you expand also your energy from scarcity to abundance. When you realize mm-hmm. all these things I actually have can be exchanged for money at any point. And these things could include things like your skills, talents, education, social network, which is really a huge capital on its own. Um, and there's so much more um, that, that go under that your own resource bucket that helps you, you know, even shift how you look at your own resources. Are you looking to boost your business value beyond just increasing profit? Introducing the Business Value Amplifier a revolutionary 10-week program designed to help you uncover proven methods to enhance your company's worth. Discover how to transition from feeling unsure about maximizing your business value to becoming a savvy operator who deliberately and methodically pulls the levers of value building. With the Business Value Amplifier, you can expect to take control of your business's growth and be intentional about enhancing its value. Whether you're planning to sell or simply want a more vibrant, predictable, and lucrative operation, this program is for you. Don't miss out on this opportunity to amplify your business's value in just 10 weeks. Go to blackstarwealth.com amplify and apply for the Business Value Amplifier today. That's blackstarwealth.com amplify. Your business will thank you. I love yeah. that. It's, it's about thinking bigger than the box you think you're in to some degree. Now, I want to go back for just a second because I did some math, Tracy. I did some math and I figured out that you earn that by saving all the money you saved, you earned $432 an hour. Yes. To, for five hours of work. For my, my adjusting for my your, full For getting your Rogers yeah. bill done. So to me, that would become, uh, is it worth it? Check. Yeah. <laughs> that is so so very good you know another place i often tell people to look at is uh their credit card bills and make sure everything that's on there from a subscription perspective they're still using it yes definitely during that- pandemic we took on more subscriptions i mean i had a workout one i had apple i had um within prime i had some specialty channels like it's easy to add these things on but you've got to go back and then knock them off because yes 10 20 a month now is a hundred dollars a month when you put them all together and so when you put them all to- together and i think that with amazon and apple in particular uh it's easy to get lost because they summarize it just as an amazon charge you don't know what it is so you might assume it's a package you bought versus a subscription you have so so good to go dig down into those rabbit holes Hmm. But uh, I'm gonna gonna feature that that boy with his lemonade stand. He's gonna come on the Young Money podcast because it's really inspiring. So he just woke up that day and decided to do it, and he's $250 richer, like profit. Because I've been drilling him on: is this really your profit, or is this just your sale? (laughs) To teach him, like, because now he's thinking of investing in his in his business. And so what can we all do? If he can wake up in the morning and do that, he doesn't have financial pressure, I don't think. Um, Not that he's exhibiting, he may in his mind, but what could we all do? And if we could bring in a hundred bucks extra a week, that would go a long way to dealing with potentially debt that's increasing because we just had this interest rate hike. It gets all, help us with the groceries, help us pay that phone bill. And sometimes it's not necessarily tangible in in a money perspective. I have a seven month old son and I met this neighbor who has a son literally uh, a year older. 
Um, so we, we did an exchange, like she's, she's bringing me a whole bunch of different clothes, uh, that I, because how many times you wear clothes when you're a baby, they're pretty much practically new. They're worth hundreds and hundreds of dollars that I would have had to spend on my son. And, and in exchange, I, I, sometimes give her dessert. I, I do different things in exchange for her as well. And that also helps you leverage your social capital like I was uh, dealing with before. So when you get creative, I love the idea of thinking about how you tangibly can bring more money in. But if you can also think outside the box and think about different needs and, and things you have, um, what can you do to meet those needs as well? Yeah, because that's totally thing. savings, um, yep. what you're doing and, and reducing your expenses. Yeah. Another thing I think people sometimes forget to consider, especially if they have extra rooms in their home, is even renting to a student or someone else who can't necessarily afford a full place. It would, might be a little inconvenient, but that can be an extra source of cash as well. Yeah. Yeah. Another area I really encourage people to take a look at if they're working for someone else is to look at all the employer benefits. Mm. Because usually people sign up the first day and they never really take another serious look, but there's often money that could be left on the table. So could you get into RSP matching or stock op uh, stock share purchase matching or um, could, it membership. Be, yeah, could it be saving? So it's leaving money there or actually losing out on savings like gym membership, like a health spending account. Um, the big organizations have uh, relationships with all kinds of different companies. Um, mm. Also as well, if you're feeling stressed and you're thinking, you know what, I can't afford to go to therapy. Um, there's also in your uh, employee assistance package, there are complimentary uh, sessions to work with different types of counselors and therapists to help you if you're having a hard time. So look at what you actually have. And I love how you, you coined it the resource map, Basile. Oh, I do too. Um, like yeah. that's a huge area that people leave untouched and they don't dive into all the stuff they have with their employer. Absolutely. Uh, I actually want to add a more uh, different layer of, of this conversation because I, I love it so much, but it's a big shift in mindset and emotions when we start doing these things intentionally because we're excited towards certain goals we want to achieve or um, become intentional in, in managing the situation we're in. It's a shift from feeling like we're depriving ourselves or stressing ourselves. Uh, so normally when people start thinking about cutting down expenses or stressed ar around their current finance or debt management or any of these pieces, usually there's a level of anxiety, stress, deprivation, anger, resentment, a whole bunch of emotions that naturally surface. But when we become intentional into why is it that I'm doing this? And and look, there's a, a future version of events that takes place here that supports the direction you're heading towards. Uh, it shifts your feelings and emotions into a more positive way. So the action itself is still the same. You're still decreasing your expenses, but the motive behind it, behind it changed. Um, and the, the, re, the way you talk about it changes. Um, and that makes all the difference in the experience itself. You know when, when the last time my husband and I did the uh, credit card review for expenses, the things we didn't need to, we gamified it. Like we were like, oh my God, we saved this much. Now how much? How do we save something else? Do we really need that? Because it became a game of how we could cut and still be happy with our lives type of thing. Yeah, 100%. Gamifying it is such a big piece, especially when there's other players involved. Uh, but even with between you and yourself, you can set certain visuals that help you um, like remember what you're doing and why you're doing it so that you have this thing pulling you forward uh, versus something pushing you down. 
The other thing, Wendy, that came out of what you said, which um, is absolutely critical to it, is support. And so you and your husband were doing it together. It wasn't him saying, you've got to curb your spending, Wendy. You need to cut some things and I'm going to be watching. It's the two of you coming in from a, a place of positivity together, making it a game. Um, people can do that uh, with their friends, with their family. Uh, if you're getting invited out to too much stuff and your budget's tight, you know, um, that, that's not really in my budget right now. Thanks for inviting me. Thanks for including me. Uh, I'm going to pass this time. And it's okay to say that. And then people know those things. And then they might next time say, you know what? Why don't we get together at my place? Um, let's just uh, make something make something at home. Let's have a games night. Let's do something else. Um, because then they still want to spend time with you. But they know that you're being conscious of your, your spending. Hey, growth-oriented business owners. Are you ready to take your business to new heights and connect with like-minded entrepreneurs? I would like to introduce you to the Elite Growth Community, your ticket to a world of learning, sharing, strategizing, and problem solving. Our monthly live events will bring together successful business owners just like you, who are making over six figures and have been in the game for at least two years. And the best part? Your first event is absolutely free. So try it out and see if it's the right fit for you. And after that, for just $17 a month, you'll unlock unlimited access to our exclusive community where you can accelerate your business growth like never before. No commitments, month to month. Don't miss out on this amazing opportunity to join the Elite Growth Community at blackstarwealth.com backslash elite. Sign up today and watch your business soar to a new heights. That's blackstarwealth.com backslash E-L-I-T-E. Hope to see you soon. Another strategy I used to use when we I didn't have my money and I wanted to hang out with people and they were all going out for dinner. And it was it was this group of people that they'd order wine. And next thing you know, the bills were just getting split equally, no matter what you ordered. So what I would do is uh, go, you know what? I'm kind of busy. I'm just going to show up for dessert. And so I got to still see the people, have fun. But I was automatically removed from the big bill split. So I was able to actually very much control how much I spent in that activity. Mm. What, what I also encourage people to do is start to normalize talking about money. So sometimes we have to uh, maneuver and, and get creative, like you said, shop for dessert instead of the full night. But how much more liberating it would be to have these open conversations with our friends and and, and let them know about some of the goals we're working towards. And um, I, I remember a very tough conversation I had with a friend because I used to also do these strategies and then I bought a house and she was very confused um, with, with what happened. <laughs> and I'm like, but these strategies were important for me to, to help me buy a house. But I guess it would have made um, a, a much smoother ride if my friends knew that I was conscientious on how I spend along the way because I had a very specific goal in mind. Uh, so they would understand some of the decisions I made and why, but we the money is such a taboo that we continue to have these strains around how we talk about it amongst ourselves, let alone with other people. So this is a time where I invite people to start having open conversations with their friends and family and normalize talking about their money stress, money strategies, money goals, because uh, you also can and rally up support around you. And I think it's important too to talk about the good and the bad if possible because you know I'm on this I bought this and it's it's stocked and it went up this far talk about the time you bought the stock and it lost too right because we have got to normalize also that it's an up and down kind of game when it comes to young people aged 18 and 34 
They're the most stressed about money, according to the survey, like 49%, and the most likely to have experienced mental health challenges, like 46% due to financial stress. So this is right in your wheelhouse, Tracy, because you do a lot with people in that age group. What can people do to become less stressed about money when they're in that age group? Number one, I think you need to look for your support system and you need to communicate and kind of get it off your chest like Asil was talking about. So whether it's with friends, whether it's with family, um, maybe it's in, um, listening to resources where you're hearing the kinds of messages you need to hear. Um, lots of times they're carrying lots of debt. So they might be um, going into school, coming out of school. It might've been a delayed start getting a job. The pandemic was very challenging um, for those who might've been at home. It also uh, impacted um, social skills and all of those kinds of things, which you need to get a job as well. Um, and, and also the level of part-time work. I mean, um, depending on the sector you're in and the kind of work you're looking for, some sectors are, are laying off people, others are, are hiring like crazy. And so, um, normalizing, talking, getting the support that you need. Um, Asil raised it earlier, but get clear on how much money you make because most people do not know. So get that pay stub and it's, it's partially because it's electronic. You never see it. You only see the net that hits your bank account. Um, so you don't actually know. And it's a good way to also check your benefits because the, the deductions are coming off there when you're employed by someone else. Um, but actually write down what are all your bills that you have. Uh, if you happen to be living at home, could you live there a little bit longer? It's probably not your favorite choice, but could you do that? And could it actually improve the life three years from now, five years from now, and visualize, as Asil was talking about, what's that goal that you're striving towards? And I know that there's often a disconnect between you today and that future person you're saving for. And so we really got to get connected for. And it may not be that you're saving for. If you're so stressed, you might be uh, having a hard time making ends meet. Maybe it's about paying down debt as soon as possible. If you happen to be in post-secondary, maybe it's taking a little bit of a pause on full-time. Maybe you're going to go part-time. Maybe you're going to get a, a, a more full-time job and balance those two. So there's lots of options out there. Another thing that people often forget and this so this could be for undergrad it could be for grad students there are thousands and thousands of scholarships out there in the world many do not get any applications so scholarships um, Canada is a great website to check it out there are scholarships on the way into programs on the way out there's school specific ones but all kinds of other ones even your employer or your family's employers could have some as well so look for the free money too um, so grants and scholarships but get the support, talk about it, get clear on your numbers, and then figure out maybe what's a short-term pain that can lead to some really great um, future gears that are going to be on the horizon. So those would be a couple of things I, I would mention to people. And if you are feeling that hopelessness um, regularly at school, I'm, I teach in a financial services program at Centennial College, um, hand in hand with whatever school-related challenges I'm talking to a student about is also, I think you should go and visit the counselor. I'm sensing a high level of overwhelm. You, you seem very stressed out. I think it'd be really great for you to have somebody impartial for you to speak with to help you figure out some strategies kind of to cope with, with how you're feeling and, and ways to deal with things. And then if you find it's kind of a time management thing or it's I don't know how to study for test things, we've got other resources here at the school, but why don't we start with the counselor who can help you get a, a handle on, on how you're feeling and, and really what, what issue you're trying to solve. Tracy, that was an amazing list. As a yell, do you think that that age cohort has a better relationship acceptance or normalization of mental health challenges that people may have? Or is it still kind of like, you know, my age and above where we really don't talk about money? It's really, really hard to talk about. 
Um, I love that question, actually. And there's research recently done by Interact that supports that the specific generation needs emotional support to overcome financial challenges, not just practical tools from your um, local bank advisor. And that's because this generation is more emotional literate as well, uh, which means they are in touch with their emotion uh, more than generations before they're able to speak about it more openly i think there's still room for growth there for sure as a culture to further normalize these conversations but we're certainly ahead of where we were decades ago um and and this allows us to to certainly um you know put more emotional put more light on the emotional experience that we we are going through uh, which also supports the 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 mindfulness and money piece which i always speak about because part of healing our relationship with money is is infusing mindfulness so tracy mentioned amazing tools and practical pieces that are absolutely integral for um overcoming certain challenges but the important piece as well is to integrate mindfulness practices along the way and that may be uh, self-care practices breath work um, journaling all these pieces that are also important to help you process and navigate the emotional experience because financial well-being is the integration of our emotional and financial uh, health that was amazing, you guys. Listen, I think we could talk about this all day, but you know, I believe strongly in helping people reduce stress and anxiety around money. And that's why I do what I do, helping come up with the strict plans and the strategies uh, on the that side of things in particular. And my theory is that if we can reduce the stress and anxiety around money and reduce the talking in our head or the angels on our shoulders that are yelling at us, you know, we can do that. Then we can change how we present in the world as people. So it is worth the time and effort to actually start working on a plan with a CFP and so that you have a good plan, but then also working on that emotional side to pull it all together. I'm going to pass it to each of you for one last final thought before I wrap up. Uh, Zil, you go first. Sure. Uh, one of the things I um, really encourage my clients to do is change the environment that they set up for themselves when they want to think about their money, be it paying bills, be it looking into their online banking or talking about it with their husband uh, or, or wife or even kids. Uh, and what by that, I mean, create an environment that has a calming effect. So personally, I call it money dates because you schedule them ahead of time. And I uh, I like candles. I put aromatherapy. I, I have make myself a hot beverage that I really enjoy. And what that does, it's rewiring my brain to associate money with a positive and relaxing experience versus the typical stressful um, habit it used to be. So my my system right now is literally being rewired uh, to expect money to be a, a soothing, comforting uh, topic, for example, versus what it used to mean in the past. Um, this is also can be referred to as like the token economy, which means you're giving yourself a reward system. And that is a behavioral um, change when, when, when behavioral psychologists want to work on creating positive um, shifts in your behaving, they, they do re include a reward system approach. So you can also create rewards for yourself along the way uh, to support some of the goals that you're working towards. Or, or maybe if you pay your bills on time, you reward yourself by 
X, Y, or Z. So there's little shifts that you can do along the way that supports uh, being consistent and deliberate and intentional in how you approach this area, but also shift how you feel and think about it um, so that the journey itself is sustainable. So I believe financial fitness is a journey. We're all on it. We're all starting wherever we happen to be. Um, So anybody who's checking this out, if today's your first day on the journey, congratulations, take the first step. If you've been on it for a while, we're going to have some forward steps. We're going to have some backward steps. We're going to step off the path sometimes because life isn't linear. Things happen. Pandemics happen. Job loss happens. Sickness happens. Um, So I want everybody to, to stay taking positive action. They only need to be small positive actions. If you can do one a day, even if it's today, get out that cell phone bill and get it ready for another day. You're going to make that appointment to call and see if you can reduce it, but get the bill out, download it, look at it. That's right. And then even if it's just booking the time in your calendar to do that, you've taken a positive action. And with that, if you do have a misstep, if things are not going as you like, would really encourage you not to beat yourself up. Life is long. It's very complex. There's lots of things happening. Uh, I am learning new things every single week about money and finance. And so for you to expect yourself to know everything about it is unreasonable. So start with where you are, add tools to your toolbox, add resources, add support systems, um, but take that that forward step every day. Um, it's going to change the way you feel about it. It's going to give you a lot of confidence and don't beat yourself up when things don't go as planned. Thank you, Tracy. I'm as part of this. I think it's important in the show notes. I'm going to have contact information for each of you guys so that people can reach out and chat if they would like to continue the conversation. And also what I'm going to do is have a link. I'm going to take all of these practical tips, put it into a document that you can download and use. And that's going to be at blackstarwealth.com backslash dress. So pick off the ones that work for you because not all of them will, but just get some ideas and start to making change. And I think the real bottom line here is control what you can control. Thank you, everybody. Thank you for listening to The Real Bottom Line. This show is produced by Black Star Wealth. Executive producer, Wendy Brookhouse. To learn more about the show or to contact us, go to blackstarwealth.com.